Hi. Hello. What's good? I'm Chelsea. And I'm Trish. And this is Which is a Wisdom Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how this podcast came to be and why it's so important to us. So stay tuned for all the nitty gritty details. It's going to be a good one. podcast with um something that we were something that makes you feel good or something that is bringing you happiness for today and it could be anything glass of water bag of potato chips (laughs) (laughs) right well right now I am really finding a lot of joy in sticking to my routine and ritual in the morning of Doing my yoga, having my lime water, getting some meditation in, all before I go to my muggle job. <laughs> but you know, you got to prepare yourself <laughs> mentally. Really, it's like preparing, preparing for battle. <laughs> yes, it really is. It really is. You have to prepare for the battle of facing the corporate world when you work. <laughs> a muggle job it's it's just when you are different like you and I it it's it can be difficult you know to uh go out there and face the corporate world and deal with the things that we have to deal with everything isn't always uh unicorns and butterflies so yes so right now I'm finding a lot of joy in doing that in addition to spending time working on this podcast with you and preparing for all of the other awesome things we have to come. Uh, I'm trying to think think of what what I'm over here asking you, and I'm like, I don't even know for my own damn self. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My plants, my plants are, I'm not going to lie, I've kind of fallen off. I'm staring at one right now. It's a spider plant. And it's looking pretty good. Matter of fact, the one that I think you gave me last Christmas, I can't remember what what it's called, but it's really pretty. And it's got it almost looks like the purple velvet on the backside of the leaves. I can't remember the exact name of the plant, but that thing is struggling. Like, I mean, is it <laughs> leaves is dying. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to revive it, but because it's I think it's a plant that really is um it looks it likes that um humidity so that jungle environment so it has to be humid it can't be too cold can't be too hot tried it in your bathroom i haven't because i don't have wait do we have any window uh there's one bathroom that has windows but that's a toxic waste zone right now because it's his bathroom so yeah i ain't put my plants in there I dead ass have my own bathroom because, and I'm sure there are other couples out there who have whole separate bedrooms, probably from their spouse. Because I'm telling you, living with living with another individual, especially your romantic partner or spouse or whatever, it's tough. Doesn't matter if it's a man, woman, whatever. Doesn't matter. Sharing space is is difficult. Yeah, it's rough. So I still love him, but oof, no. So yeah, he's got the bathroom with the windows. I can't. I don't want to make my plant suffer anymore. So it might die. I might try to bring it back. I might just get another one. Yeah, my plants um, are making me happy. I have not been the greatest at routine. So that is kind of helping me right now, trying to get back into it. Um, The least I try to do is I try to do yoga every morning and always drink um, a cup of hot tea. So that's, that's what makes me happy. Right on. And for the record, I'm not the best at routines either. There's certain things that, yes, I stick to doing and making a routine out of. But there's days when I wake up in the morning and just goof off the whole time before I get ready for work. And then I'm like, I have like 15 minutes to do some yoga real quick. I better hurry up. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's, it's more than a notion to keep yourself on the straight and narrow when it comes to routines like that. So. So I know earlier that you said you wanted to dedicate this episode. Yes, I want to dedicate this episode to honesty being the foundation of spirituality. I wanted to mention this because our, like I've always mentioned to you, our gimmick is there is no gimmick. We're just being authentic, just being transparent. So with that in mind, since the one of the biggest ideas behind our podcast was to share our own spiritual practices, I just wanted to say that part of that is just being real, being honest with each other, with yourself, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's, I mean, that's really key to honoring yourself and your spiritual practice, whatever that may be. But I know for us, that's really that that foundation is what got us here. So, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So without further ado, let's jump on in. (laughs) So I guess we'll just start and ask, tell me how, or tell me about the very beginning of my existence. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I became pregnant with you at the age of 15. So I was a teen mother. That, and in in keeping it totally transparent, as I just mentioned, my initial response was fear. And the plan was I wasn't going to have you at first. But being the wet behind the ears 15-year-old that I was, I waited and waited and waited until that wasn't an option. And so I can just remember that although I was afraid, I just had this conviction. Like, I just knew I was having my baby. I was just like, okay, well, I'm having a baby. Mm -hmm. Your... Grandmother didn't know that. <laughs> that. I had made my mind up already that that's what I was going to do. That was a very scary time for me. Not something that I, even when I think about it now, I, of course, am, am way beyond the fear. But when I think back to those memories, I can almost feel it again, just how afraid I was at that time. So that entire experience shaped the content of my character. Now, I have to say some was positive, some was negative. Yeah. But it really did shape me as an individual. So, and it it wasn't always, you know, from that point on, I can remember, this is something I probably never told you, when I, the day that I knew I was, that was my final decision, I was going to have you. I remember looking at your biological father and saying, well, what are we going to do? And I'll never forget him saying, well, there's nothing we can do but take care of it. And just the irony of that being that he wasn't around. (laughs) Those words just echo in my mind, like, Okay, I guess that sounded good to you at the time, but. Right, it sounds all good on paper until you actually got to put it into action. Right. And apparently I was the only one taking action (laughs) back then. (laughs) So uh, no shade, you know, it is what it is. People handle things differently. And, you know, I respect that. I was, you know, the mother and have done my best, you know, to be there for you. So I can't, I can't own that part of it. He has to to deal with his absence. It's just That's just one of those things that just is what it is. Yeah. 
you know, we all have our, our cross to bear, and that's his cross to bear. Mm-hmm. The the journey from finding out I was pregnant to deciding I was having you to growing up with you because we essentially grew up together. It wasn't always fun, but in hindsight, I realized that the the payoff has been worth it. There isn't anything that I would change about it. You know, I think even you mentioned that before. We can have regrets and think to ourselves, well, I wish I would have done, or, or what if it would have turned out this way? But you can't, we can't, we can't change that. Yeah. So looking back on it, it was everything about it was worth it. From the hard times to the good times, everything in between, it was worth it. So from there, you know, we fast forward into, we had a period of time where we had fallen out, so to speak. Our relationship, I won't ever say that it was bad because I never felt like it was just bad. I just think that we came to a point where we weren't meshing and we weren't seeing eye to eye on anything. So, and especially now that I'm more mature, I I can't even look at it and fix my mouth to say, oh, we had a terrible relationship. No, we didn't. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like we talked about before in discussing what the topic was going to be, I was thinking to myself the same thing that you mentioned, that we don't want to give the impression that we've had just this knocked down, drag out. Everything was just terrible, you know, for all these years. Yes, we spent time dwelling on things that we shouldn't have. I spent time dwelling on things that I shouldn't have. But I can't say for one minute that, ah, we have a terrible relationship. Do I look at the situation and think to myself, I wish I had the maturity, the level of maturity that I have now to be able to deal with you back then. But that's just not the way life works. Yeah. You know, I mean, we always think, oh, if I knew, knew then what I know now. Yes, of course. But it just doesn't work like that. It doesn't. And I feel like that's just the beauty of um of life right like it life just kind of ebbs and flows and I think it's really important for us to you know to not think of our relationship as like a reality show right (laughs) on on MTV but but to also you know I think it kind of helped us realize that we are not the only ones that went through something like that that there are other families especially mother-daughter relationships that have gone through something similar um or maybe something totally different but something along those lines and I feel like it's just kind of inevitable really because you're you're dealing with two well not two but just you're, you're dealing with separate people who have different ideas and right it's all about perspective which is something yes. that I have really learned to embrace and stay mindful of there's always another perspective there's so many perspectives and in honoring that I had to realize myself that hey like once you got into your early 20s and doing your own thing going to school and you know, pressing forward with your life, I had to start seeing that with a different set of eyes. Almost like, okay, this is my adult daughter now. This is my 
17, 18 year old Chelsea. This is <laughs> my adult daughter. So the way that I viewed that had to change, it had to evolve, which I think was key in us being able to move forward. It's like the moment I realized that, hey, yes, she has an opinion, she has a perspective unique and separate from my own because you know a lot of people like to look at their children as many versions of them now while we are very much alike in a lot of ways you're an individual so i have to respect that and honor that so once i reached that point i started to think to myself I'm not the only one that feels like, hey, well, this is, I'm going through something or, you know, how come nobody understands my, my perspective or my take on it? Once I realized that you're not just my daughter, you're an individual, a young woman, now a wife and all of those things, I feel like it opened up a whole new world and way of seeing things. I was able to do away with the old school train of thought and the closed mindedness. Well, I mean, I was raised old school. You didn't, you didn't say nothing. When honey was talking, you shut your mouth. <laughs> you might just catch something flying through the air at your head. Just be quiet because you're not grown. <laughs> that type of thing. Yeah. And so as I have grown myself and worked on myself, I realized that, yeah, that's that's old school. That's ineffective. We're we're in 2020. Shoot, it's almost 2021. <laughs> We're in the last month of the year. So you have to, in order to reach new heights, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and just remain open to, to new ways of looking at things. Yes, the short version was we had our falling out. We spent, what, a few years of not having contact yeah we I mean it was I would say it's, it was probably kind of on and off um I mean initially I left home at 18 and you know I kind of went on about my business went to school all that good stuff between then and now you know we did have some kind of spot we had some some moments in there where we were trying to reconnect but we still weren't quite meshing and I think I know for me personally, that was because I, I was still holding on to a lot of like uh, anger and resentment and that whole like, you're going to hear my side and I need you to say these words then you bring in your right, apology right. to make me like feel you better. Had a, you had a formula, like it had to happen like this or you just yes. still going to be pissed off about it. So. Yes, exactly. And I feel like that's almost like a <laughs> speaking to uh, the dealing and her whole spiel this, this early, was it earlier today? Yeah, earlier today on Instagram. And she, ooh, she was, and when she talked about Scorpios, I was like, damn, I feel super offended right now. Right. <laughs> she was not playing. But I think that also speaks to the Scorpio tendencies. Like when we get upset, and I'll still speak on it personally, but when I get upset and someone does something, whether it's intentional or not, I'm just like, here's how it's going to go. This is what you're going to say to me to make things better. <laughs> otherwise get out my face you're right you're right yeah you know when you you saying that right now reminds me of exactly how you were presenting to me you just were kind of like sitting there like looking at me a couple of times <laughs> we got together you just be watching me talk like mm -hmm. yeah that's all good but ain't none of that what I want to hear right now <laughs> why is she looking at me like this like I'm just trying to be as transparent as possible and just tell you exactly where my head was at and, and where it's at now and 
and and and in the beginning, you really weren't having it. You just were like, "Ah." (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a hard one, but yeah, I was, and that's just that stubborn tendency too. But for sure, I was not in the right headspace to be like, oh yeah, let's you know, let's talk about it. I for sure was still coming from a place of hurt and anger where I like, for whatever reason, and I thought it was going to make me feel better to hear the exact words that I wanted you to say and how you were going to say it. But obviously I wasn't getting that, which was to- when in hindsight, now it makes sense because that's just not how it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me, <laughs> so of course we still had the whole on and off for a couple of years because it took me a while to kind of grapple with that where I was just like why why is this not happening my way really on the journey to my own self-discovery I had gotten I picked up a book I believe it's called something along the lines of like difficult mothers and daughters and I don't really like that title because I don't think mothers and daughters are difficult <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that makes me kind of salty. Right, because when I was like, mm, I don't know about that, but I think, but when you actually read the book, there's a lot of good material. And actually, because I was still so salty, uh, when I had opened the book and it was essentially talking about how whatever it is that you think that you're looking for, that you think that you need for your healing, that your mother's gonna say to you, you need to let that shit go. Like that's not gonna happen. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> So, but then it also started talking about how you know our mothers are are and always will be their own individual selves right they were an individual before they became the mother they have all these other rules roles not rules and to kind of look at them in that standpoint and realize that they are human they don't know everything they have faults they're still you know the things that they're learning that they're grappling with they have generational traumas that they're dealing with And you kind of have to sit with that and realize that whatever it is that you may be asking for as far as an apology or whatever the case may be, it it may not happen. So it took me a while to kind of grapple with that. And I was like, hell no, it's going my way or the highway. (laughs) But (laughs) after a while, uh, then my intuition started like to kick in. It was like, like I kept thinking about that. Like I, I never really finished the book after that. But I kept thinking about it over and over again. And I was like, hmm, okay. I think this is really starting to make sense now. And it wasn't until like late, late 2018, early 2019, when I had gotten a journal. It's kind of like the end of the year journal. It was um, how to essentially reconnect with yourself. So it was like a reconnection review and release type of thing. So you kind of look at the year behind you um make a list of the stuff that you're going to release review all the stuff that went you know well things that you might want might want to change and so I did that and actually matter of fact I did that early in 2019 so what it was is you know you kind of journal journal all your stuff all your feelings what you're going to release and so for me I was like I'm going to release all of this anger that I have with my mom in our relationship and so once you do that, then you burn it and then you take the ashes and you bury it in some dirt in the backyard. <laughs> so that's what I did. And so I did that. And then, of course, you had texted me. I got the date right here, August 6, 2019. And you were like, hey, you want to uh, meet up for some coffee? And I was like, what? <laughs> but honestly, when you had texted me, there was like, I literally, no hesitation. I texted you back and I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, you texted me back so fast. I was like, what? (laughs) Is this a joke? (laughs) You know, I I really was. I was so shocked that you had just answered with no hesitation. So it took me a minute, though. And I always mention this to you. It took me a minute of staring at your number thinking, "Mm, nah, not today, maybe tomorrow. And I think I did the not today, maybe tomorrow a couple of times before I finally was like, what are you freaking waiting on? I told you just one one morning I woke up and I was, I think I was taking a shower, getting ready for work. And it just dawned on me, like, this is my child. I'm the one who decided I wanted to have her. And even if it was a 
a bad, dumb, whatever label people put on it at the time, decision, that was my decision. So I'm thinking to myself, how the hell am I missing out on all the milestones in her young adulthood and everything? And this is my child. And I just thought, to hell I am going to sit here and not be a part of all this. I think not. <laughs> so I just decided, okay, either she's going to be upset and be like, mom, kick rocks. Or she's going to say, hey, yeah, let's do it. So, and lucky for me, you said, let's do it. So here we are. Right. Yeah. That, I literally, I can remember that day like yesterday because I know I was at work and I was busy doing something and I saw, because I, st- I still had your number in my phone. And so when it came up and it popped up as mom, at first I thought it was my mother-in-law and I was like, what does she want? No, I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, <laughs> I was I thought, at first I thought it was her, but then when I read what it said, I was like, that doesn't make sense. She wouldn't ask me to have coffee. She'd be like, come by the house or come have dinner with us or whatever. And so I was like, oh shit, this is my mom. <laughs> and so I immediately texted you back. I was like, yeah. And even then, like I knew I had that feeling like this was, it was different this time. Mm-hmm. But I also like in the back of my mind, like there was always that worry, like, oh, like, what if this, what if we don't mesh again? And I think a little bit after that, I was either on my way or already doing like talk therapy. And so I had told my therapist about like, just kind of briefly, because <laughs> I didn't want to get too deep into it because I had just met her. But it's like, yeah, like we kind of been on and off. We haven't really talked too much, but we're supposed to meet up. And I'm just like, I'm not sure what's, you know, what's going to happen, what I'm going to say. And so she's pretty much just like, yeah, just go into it and talk it out and see what happens. And so that's what I did. And here we are. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I think I think I felt the same way as far as I just didn't know how it was going to turn out. But like I said, the the more... I ascend and the more mature I get because you're you're constantly learning, you're always growing. Yeah. I think to myself, I don't need to worry about what the outcome is. You shouldn't attach yourself to any certain outcome to begin with, because that's what causes stress and, and grief and all of those things that we don't want. So it does. It really, it does. really does. Yeah. I'm pretty big on that too. I think that's one of my things I'm still kind of working on is being attached to the outcome. Like I know for same for us, <laughs> for us, I think us reconnecting really, really was the catalyst for me because for one, I mean, amongst other things, like I had personal stuff going on that I was still trying to tackle, but that was a really big piece for me to either reconnect with you or just let that anger go completely, whether or not we reconnected or whatever the case was going to be. But because we did, I felt like, wow, okay, cool. So that means I can do all this other stuff that I need to do or release if I need to. But it really kind of set in motion like, okay. Because I kind of walked into it. I didn't really have any expectation of what everything was going to be. I kind of let that go. And I think that really helped with everything too. There wasn't really like a, you're going to hear my side type thing. And that's not what I want to hear. So it really kind of helped me in that, in that aspect. I'm still working on that stuff in other aspects of my life because I'll tell you, I'm still saying, fuck no, if it's not my way, then I don't want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. (laughs) I'm sure anybody who knows me that's listening will say, oh yeah, that's her. (laughs) (laughs) I try to allow other people to, to do their thing But if I'm in a position to where I feel like it will affect me, if I don't jump in, then I'm like, okay, forget all that. Now move out the way. Let me do this. (laughs) Because you don't know what you're doing right now, but you're making me anxious. (laughs) So, yes. uh, And speaking of the talk therapy piece of it, at the same time that you were going through that, um, maybe not the same time, but during the time period when we were apart, I did the same thing. Went to therapy, learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about things I should be doing, things I shouldn't be doing, 
and to basically reparent myself. And when I say that, I don't mean it in a way to discount the parenting that my own parents have done. They did the best they could. They did a phenomenal job because I think I'm pretty fantastic. However, you know, there's always those things that you may need to revisit and uh, slash unlearn, relearn. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I also went to talk, talk therapy, started journaling, did the whole release and let go thing, you know, writing everything down and burning it around the same time that you did. And we now know this because when we came back together, we discussed all this. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I remember we were standing in the rock shop that day. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And just <laughs> staring at each other like, oh, my God, you did too. <laughs> right. I thought that was so wild. And then now I know, like, in terms of spirituality, you know, whatever practice it is that you feel like you need to do for your life. but. This is ours, so um, <laughs> I just really felt like attuned with like, wow, okay, this shit is really happening. Obviously, that's what I had manifested when I decided to release that, burn it. I was like, I, know, I didn't have any attachments to what the outcome was going to be. I just knew that I wanted to release all the bullshit that I've been holding on to, all the anger. Um, but I had no idea that it was that this was what was going to be the result. Likewise, likewise, I had no idea that it was going to turn out this way, but I just knew it was time for me to let that stuff go because it wasn't serving me. Yeah. Sitting around here angry about stuff that happened years ago. And just like you, I was expecting apologies from people that was never going to come and it no shade to anybody, but it's an unrealistic expectation to form that narrative in your mind thinking this is how it's gonna go otherwise I'm not gonna be happy about it I mean you're <laughs> setting yourself up to not be happy about it exactly like you're manifesting your own strife by going against the grain being evil evil about things and holding on to to things that don't serve your highest good so for me it was the same I knew I needed to write that shit down and let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would totally. If anybody's going through the same thing or similar, even even if it's not like with um, the parental relationship, but any relationship, even the relationship with yourself, I think journaling and doing shadow work is really important. Um, and reparenting yourself is really important because for sure I started to learn that too because I think for a lot of us, and I could speak from it personally, but for myself and anyone else out there, it's you get kind of caught up on those things that maybe you didn't get to do, or maybe the things that you needed but didn't get while you were a child to right. get really bent up on that. And like, oh, my, my parents didn't do this for me. So I'm just going to sit here and grovel in that. And right. So like, it's okay. Obviously, it's okay. I mean, for, and depending on, the circumstances, a lot of that stuff can be traumatic. And I don't want to say traumatic in the sense that you had to have something egregious happen to you. Um, cause that's not the case. I think the, if looking at trauma, we can look at it the same way we look at gender, like on a spectrum, trauma is trauma. And it's going to be from what, whoever's perspective, not going to be the same across the board. So, um, that's why I think it's, uh, really important to get those tools get the therapy if you have access to it, get the books, yes. whatever you need um, to reparent yourself. Because we all have that inner child that's still kind of screaming for those things that they needed when they were younger and they didn't get. And so we need to get in tune with that. Right. You totally need to get in tune with that. It was, it was the same for me. I had to do that reparenting, learn that there are certain things I needed to do for myself and it wasn't anybody else's responsibility to fill that void or 
do those things that I feel like I missed out on or whatever it might have been at some point. And I think this is a big thing. I've talked about this with a lot of people from dad to you to, you know, you name it. At some point, no matter what has gone on in your childhood, at some point you have to take the wheel and be responsible for your well-being. You know, when you're a child, yes, you're you're vulnerable. Somebody's supposed to be taking care of you. You're looking to somebody else to do that for you. But once you become an adult, any of those things that need to be worked on, that is totally up to you as an individual to heal those wounds. You heal yourself. So, yes. That whole talk therapy and shadow work is a significant piece of the process. And it has been a significant piece of the process here with you and I bringing us to this point. While I was going through all that and going to therapy and journaling and I had started writing and just doing lots of different things that helps me to become more open to your perspective. So the same way you spoke on um, things that you may or may not have gotten as a child or, you know, voids that you feel were left unserved, so to speak, I was thinking the same way, wishing things had been different. Well, you know, maybe if they wouldn't have treated me like this was such a terrible thing, we wouldn't, you know, have ended up in this position. And and that's, you know, we can always say, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way it happened. It happened this way for a reason. And everybody involved has done the best they knew how with the tools that they had at the time. Exactly. And right. I, I'm just grateful to have learned enough at this point in my journey to be able to accept that. I think that was another really huge part of being able to move forward with you and reaching out and starting to do the work that brought us to this point that reconnected us you know intuition and spirit led me to say you know what it is time to call my daughter (laughs) you know it, it just was time you know I would talk to other people about, you know, similar situations. And I I know a lot of people that have a a friend that actually has three children the same age as you guys. And I would listen to her sometimes say, yeah, my, you know, my daughter said that I was just a terrible mom and I was the worst mom ever. And I would sit there and think to myself, any of my children have ever said that to me, so I'm adding <laughs> thousands because, uh, yeah, they haven't said that to me. So, and it's I'm not making light of our trials and the things that we have gone through, but we never had that you're the most terrible mom ever conversation. So, I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe I'm doing all right. I need to just mend things while I can before we do get to the you're the most terrible mom ever conversation. Right. Well, I think that also speaks to how we were raised and stuff. Because I know damn well when I was younger, I would never say that to you. And sure as hell would not be saying that to honey because <laughs> them lips would have been smacked across the... Ditto. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you. I kid you not, I think even into... Up until recently, I, I I just, like you said, it's just the way we were raised. I could never fix my mouth to say anything disrespectful. 
it's I just it's just not in me. Yeah. And in all honesty, a lot of the reason why it took me so long to come back into the fold of the family was because I thought to myself, I don't have anything nice to say and I'm not going to disrespect my mom. So I'm going to just be quiet and stay away until mm-hmm. such a time that I'm ready to come correct and not get backhanded for saying something stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, that the true story with that, especially in a black family, mm-hmm. certain things you just don't say. Right. Yeah. We'll get into the whole toxic this and that. But there's a way to talk about things without being just totally abrasive and and ugly about it. Yeah. It it has to be that way. I like when people start, you know, name dropping and talking out of their ass. It's really just from a place of like anger and pain. Right. It's not even. Because what is that doing? And obviously you're doing productive. it to try to hurt the other person. But if that's not productive, because I think what we what you want to do in a healthy way is obviously place boundaries, talk about stuff, really just acknowledge like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. That's how you're feeling. Okay, cool. Maybe we can agree to disagree. We can come to some kind of resolution, yes. which is really how it should be. But I know that's not always how it is. And that's in any relationship because if people have traumas or whatever that they have, they're going to speak to you the only way they know how. And it may not be in the way that is conducive to having a healthy conversation, yet alone a relationship. Right. And a lot of that stems from fear. Mm -hmm. Fear from being hurt in the past. So that... I think brings us right back to the whole perspective piece. It's just understanding each other's perspective. And like you said, either agreeing to disagree or just honoring that that is the other person's truth. I remember you saying that to me before I I was talking about how I felt about the situation and all the different things that had taken place over the years. And when I got done talking, you said, yeah, that's your truth. And it was so refreshing because I thought, you know, coming from the space you were in previously when you were still really angry, as I was talking, I was thinking, where is this going? Is she (laughs) going to say? And to hear you say that, I thought, okay, now we are making progress here. Mm -hmm. Now we're making progress. I always understood where you were coming from, but it took some time to accept that, yes, this is her perspective. This is the way she sees it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's just nothing wrong with that. It's not not a violation because somebody has a, a different take on the life experience than you do. Yes, we lived in the same house. Yes, we both were involved in this whole thing from beginning to now. But that doesn't mean that we're going to see things exactly the same way. And it's it's really unrealistic to to assume that it would be that way. With, With that brought being able to apologize you know maybe it it wasn't packaged the way that you wanted it to be at the time but the intention of my heart was to say hey I get it swear I was doing my absolute best that might not have been so great at the time or at times but I was doing the best I knew how to do yeah, I was given. So, and also being able to relate to you as an adult honestly made it easier because once you get past that, looking at your adult child as a child 
it just it, it's just an easier conversation, I think, for two women to sit down and hash it out, you know, with respect. It, it just it changes. It changes the whole dynamic once you're looking at it like, OK, this is yes, this is my child, quote unquote, but she is an adult. Adult opinions, adult perspectives. No, she's not. She's not a baby anymore. Yeah. And I think that really comes from the same thing is like my perspective as an adult now is a lot different. Like I could kind of, I mean, I don't have any kids yet, but whew, I, this adult life is something else. <laughs> it's difficult enough. <laughs> I was like, I think once I hit 25, I was like, oh shit. This is not fun no more. <laughs> right. And so I was, you know, with my own, with my own personal things I was working on, I was like, wow, this really, and that's coming from the standpoint of, you know, just being married just as two and not having kids and everything. But it's hard enough sometimes to get out of bed and do what I need to do for the day or have to go to my job or, um, volunteer or go to school or whatever it is that you're doing so and to have to do that with children in the mix and then also having to take care of yourself which I think is really important and I think society really presses the whole like once you're a mother that's out the door like all you ever care about is your kids fuck you don't nobody care about your feelings type thing <laughs> I'm like oh damn this is hard like I I could not ooh. yes and Obviously, yeah. now we see that there has been a really major shift in that attitude, uh, really trying to get back to honoring the mother, because that's, it's like, it's it, it's a traumatic, but a beautiful part of life to give life, but that's a lot of work to do, and have right. to turn around and go right back to work, or have to be alone, because there's no... Right, and that's only the beginning of it, you Yeah, know, the the childbirth and that part of it but to come out of that and not be living the way nature intended us to which is for the mom to be at home you know I know people don't like to hear that but the whole idea is to be there to raise your children not be separate and out of the home and going to a corporate job eight hours plus out of the day every day Mm -hmm. So that makes it an even bigger feat to have to deal with all of that. You have to go to work. You got to help keep the ship afloat at home. You're cleaning and cooking and doing this and doing that. And then on top of that, your children get into that stage of preteen and all that. And they start acting a nut on you. It's like, <laughs> okay. Where can I find a hole to climb into and hide? Because this is just some difficult shit here. But yes, in hindsight, I wouldn't change anything only because it really has shaped the way we have evolved in the way that we're dealing with each other now. And that is something that I am infinitely grateful for just because it has grown into such a, a solid and beautiful relationship. So that, speaking of things that make me happy, that is yet another one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, like I said, like it really, I think that moment for us to really reconnect was that catalyst moment that I needed to kind of really focus on my healing journey <laughs> and my spirituality. So, I mean, that's why I'm grateful for it. And I definitely wouldn't change like I, like we talked about, I know people can get in those mindsets of like wishing that they did things differently, um, but that's just not the reality. And we don't have time machines, can't go back. I'm sure if we could, that'd be great. But 
<laughs> you know, on that note, do you remember that movie, The Butterfly Effect? Yes. See, so and that just made me think of that. When you go back and change one thing, it changes everything. So yeah. who knows what else would have been changed if we did have the opportunity to do that? Exactly. Do we want to go back and change anything? You know, do we really? We think that we do, but everything happens in divine time and for a reason, all of those things. So it, it really isn't meant for us to toy with reality or the outcome by being able to change anything about it. Right. The way, the way it unfolded was the way it was supposed to unfold, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like you said, I mean, if it didn't unfold the way it did, Who's to say we would, wouldn't be here recording for our podcast? Right. In right. <laughs> these moments, especially within the last what, year or so, more than a year now, yeah, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change anything. You know, if it meant not having this opportunity or any of the things that we've done up to this point together. Yeah, no, nah, I don't want to change nothing. Mm -mm. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think for me to sum it up, one of the biggest lessons, and I'm still learning this, it's being pounded into me on a daily by the universe. <laughs> is to just be an observer minus the emotion. Sit back and observe every situation you encounter instead of having to, well, let me do this to, to change the outcome. Or let me do, you know, you don't, you don't have to do. Just be. Right. Yeah. And then that piece that you were saying about not being tied to an outcome I think that's really important too. Cause like I said, that's, that's still a work in progress for me. <laughs> no ETA on that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, you know, just because I mentioned these things, I am not the expert and I don't claim to be. I just know based on learning myself more and more all the time, that these are the things that make the journey more worthwhile. To not attach yourself to any outcome, to not assume that a, a, a thing is going to go away. And, and like I said, just to observe and take the emotion out of things sometimes. And, and when I say that, I don't mean that there's anything wrong with being emotional, but sometimes you just have to be you just have to flow and not try to force things or, you know, manipulate the circumstances to suit you. You just, you just have to flow and let things flow. And I think that that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Me too. Well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how we, how we got to the, or how essentially how our reconnection birthed this podcast because you know it was shortly after that we you had talked about manifesting a podcast and someone had already been talking to me about oh yeah you should do a podcast or something of the sort and so when you had told me about doing a podcast I was like oh we gotta do it <laughs> right I had had conversations with a couple of people I know that were like yeah let's do a podcast and things just weren't coming together, you know, everybody has their commitments and family lives and, and things of that sort. So when you mentioned it, it was right on time. It's the first thought that pops in my head is, okay, who better do one with than my daughter? Because <laughs> we got all kinds of stuff to be talking about. Well, <laughs> right. So it really was, it was, again, that was divine timing again having that conversation at the time that we had it 
into both be really gung-ho about getting it off the ground and getting started um, from scratch. So yeah, that, that's been a really rewarding just in the sense we are able to spend some time together while we're doing this. Like not only are we doing a podcast, but we're bonding while we're doing it. Yeah. Healing while we're doing it. Manifesting while we're doing it. (laughs) Word. (laughs) So, yes. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful for the journey we've been on. Grateful for my own personal journey that's led me here and grateful for how it kind of led us back to where we needed to be to get here. I pretty much wouldn't have it any other way. I don't know if there were times, especially when I was younger, where I, was, where I would be like, oh, like, what if, obviously now with our relationship, I wasn't 100% sure in the beginning because, you know, all that teenage angst. Um, <laughs> right, been there, done that. <laughs> but I also... You know, because I know that I have dad, but it's always been a question in my mind, like, oh, well, what about my biological father? But I've come to a point where I'm just like, and that really goes for anyone. I'm like, if you are not fucking with me, I am not fucking with you. So that's all I have to say about that. I'm dropping the mic right there. <laughs> that has been the model for this year. That is one of the biggest, alongside all the other things I mentioned, that is another paramount piece of honoring yourself. I just read something about this the other day that was something along the lines of stop paying attention to people who don't pay attention to you. It's like what are you what are you even doing? Mm-hmm. And I don't don't get me wrong, I don't mean that to say because I've thought about it at times, you know, like maybe you would ask or want to reach out or touch bases with him or whatever. And I was, I would totally be okay with that. But at the same time, I know you. And I know that much I do know that, okay, this is a person who has never been there. Just never been there. Just moved on with his life and just, I don't know what he's doing, where he at, don't even know, don't care. But just never participated. And I knew, like, once you knew the truth about that, that's just, there is no long version. That's it. Mm-mm. Like they say, oh, the short version is, there is no long version. That's just it. You just didn't participate. You know, it's just kind of like, just nonchalant about it. So, you know, I knew I didn't have anything to hide with regard to that. You know, it wasn't about me trying to keep you from anything or keep him from anything. He had ample opportunity. He just did not. So next, carrying on. Right. And I always, I mean, I always felt that too. Like in my, my intuition has always just been like, yeah, no, I don't know about that. Cause I'm sure, you know, a lot of people in similar situations would be like, Oh, well, what about, you know, my mother, or my father, and they're never yeah, around, they or they know. never the, mm-hmm. the curiosity, or and no, for your own. I mean, I'll say that I, of course, I'm still curious, but I'm also an adult, and I don't have. I'm not going to be the one to be reaching out. To be honest, I'm like, what I had. You were a factor in bringing me here, so why do I have to reach out to you? <laughs> but it don't work that way. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> So, yeah, that uh, is, it's been a multifaceted journey in that there's been ups and downs and ebbs and flows and happiness and sadness. And right now, I am just basking in the joy and happiness that we have manifested up to this point so take notes y'all it can be done (laughs) for all of you that may be going through something with you know whether it's a mother and daughter like you mentioned or romantic relationship 
anything, any situation can be turned around. And this is coming from somebody who at one time thought it was irreparable. That it would never get to this point. Right. And I never said never. But I just thought, oh, no, this is not going to. No, she doesn't want to hear from me. No. You know, just thinking the worst kind of thing. So I now know that that's nonsense <laughs> and anything is possible and we are powerful because together we have manifested all of this. A renewed relationship, this podcast, lots of new and exciting things to come. I think the the ending piece of that is to not forget to also focus on yourself and your own healing because that's essentially how we got here. Absolutely. And focusing on our own healing led us back to each other. Yeah. So drop us a line at our email. Yes, witchesofwisdom333 at gmail.com. <laughs> Find us on Instagram, which is a wisdom podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I believe Google, whatever the hell they call that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I, sorry, I don't, Google. <laughs> sorry, Google. And to be honest, I don't know if anyone, I mean, I would assume people are probably using it if you have like the Google accessories. But yeah, check us out. Send us an email. Follow us on Instagram. Peace out. Peace, y'all.